we've been reminded that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And Paul is then saying to us, as a part of being that new creation in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. A couple of things I want you to note from that. The importance of understanding that we all are in this together. We are Christ's ambassadors. Not some of us, a few of us, but we all are. And then secondly, we want to unpack what that means to be an ambassador. As you look at the original Greek there, it, one of its meanings was aged. And I was thinking, hmm, okay, God, quit picking on me. Uh, we're all getting older. But that's not what this text is talking about. Because in the context, especially for those Corinthians, the word there that's used for ambassadors is one that in the Roman culture, if someone was a, an ambassador or an envoy to the emperor of Rome, this was the term that they would use. And just a little while ago, we were singing about who is our king, who is our emperor, who is our lord? Jesus, right? And yes, in our worship, we're all ready to, to bow down, aren't we? But the challenge of this word of God for us today is that God is saying, each of you, wherever I am sending you, you are my special envoy, my ambassador. And so we want to unpack that. Paul says that God is going to be making his appeal through us. That sounds like a big responsibility, but somehow God must think we're up to it if we're one of those new yous that he's created, right? But we have to ask ourselves, how can we make this appeal in an appealing way? Could it be somewhat like the Sanders? Is this a good example of being an ambassador for Christ? You, you, you think about it. Is this what God wants of us? It's your neighbors, Jim and Julina Sanders. From next door. How are you? Hey, hey, we totally know that you don't like going to church with us, so we're not even here to invite you to no. church, all right? We're not even here to tell you the four little happy hops to heaven. No. We're not even here to, to sell you fire insurance. <laughs> you know, from down there. Get that hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. Honestly, honestly, yeah. what we want to do right now is we just want to serve you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That, that, that's a good thing. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay, don't be afraid. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Now we know that you don't get us, no. and why should you? You're a heathen. That's we get right. that, all right? Yeah. yeah. So what we want to do is just be here to understand you and to serve you in yeah. some ways. You know what can we do for you? That's what Jesus asked all the time. Yeah. Now we noticed on your mailbox that you had some balloons out there. Did someone die? Did someone die? Can we offer some condolences? No. Oh. You had a baby! Oh! Oh! Pink means joyfulness. I, I yeah, get it. I, get it. I told you. <laughs> okay, now how about this? Can we wash something for you? You're yeah, probably tired. Oh, that's a great Maybe idea. we could wash your dishes. Yeah, or, or wash your car. W uh, wash, wash the lawn. Wash, wash the mailbox. mailbox. Wash the dog. Oh! <laughs> we, the dog. we could even wash the washer for you. <laughs> wash the not. Oh! He said not! I love putting that word at the end of a sentence. Oh, do it again. Do it again. I got nothing. Not! <laughs> You see what I did? I brought the comedy back around. I brought the comedy. <laughs>
I'm sorry. No, really. How about we not do any of no. that, but we just come to do what we should do and let us just wash your feet. Yeah, because you know, Je wait, hang on. I'm not done. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and so we want to wash your feet. Yeah, we, we know you're not our disciple. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Here, let me yeah. All right, one more do is I just got this water basin here, yeah. and I just want to wash your foot. Yeah. All right, now stick out so your big toe. Just stick out your big toe. Come on, no, no. This will be over in just a minute. Yeah, just, it's get, just take yeah. a second. Okay, now I got the shoe. Now just give me your toe. All yeah, right, just, come on, just give me your. Well, that's a fine howdy do. I know. All right, well we'll just leave the shoe here. We'll leave the brownies. I guess we'll go next door. Okay. Can I can I talk more this time? Such a place, baby. Okay. What a friend we have in Jesus. Well, is that what you think God had in mind with you being an ambassador? Not. <laughs> Sometimes though, we we get all. Uh, worried about what does it mean? Do we have to go knocking on strangers' doors and, and uh, being obnoxious uh, uh, to, to be an ambassador for Christ? I, I don't think so. Being an ambassador begins with your relationship with Jesus. Being an ambassador happens because you know that not only do you trust Jesus, and that is a certainly an important part of faith, isn't it? Pastor Ed's been teaches about the, the importance of actually trusting Jesus. Not just knowing about him, believing that he did certain things, but trusting him. But here I think is the, the extra challenge for us when we're going to be an ambassador. We have to understand that God is going to trust you. And I've sometimes said to people that the easy part about Christianity is believing that God, that you believe in God. I mean, God's pretty trustworthy, isn't he? So the easy part of Christianity is believing in God, believing in Jesus. The tough part about Christianity is believing that God believes in you. But for someone to be an envoy to the emperor, it was very important that the emperor had a trust in that person that he was going to send out as an envoy. And so in, in our relationship with God, it becomes important to us. If I'm going to be an ambassador, it starts with my relationship with the Lord, with the king. Is he truly the Lord of my life? Is he truly the, the one that I am paying attention to to give direction to my life? Can he put trust in me to represent him well to the world? And so being an ambassador for Christ begins with that kind of sense of that not only can I put my trust in Jesus, but he has touched my life in such a way that he can put his trust in me. Where are you at when it comes to that? Can Jesus fully trust you? He doesn't require that you be perfect, but he does want you to be trustworthy, that for the most part in, in your life, that you take seriously, that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're representing him. 
The second part of it, though, that, that you need to, to for an, a, a king or an emperor to, to send someone out as an ambassador, as an envoy, he wanted that person to be someone that was well-respected by the people that he was sending him to. Sort of, you know, like we have a, a George Mitchell is a special envoy, right? Some of you who are up with politics would kind of understand that. But he, he has this reputation among uh, the peoples that he is being sent to that he's a, a, a well-respected person. That when he uh, says something uh, as an American, that he says it with the best of American values uh, that are, are going to be represented in what he says. So for us, that, that, uh, it's not just that, that we are trusted by uh, Jesus, but then are we, we living in, in, in such a way that people begin to respect how we're living? That they begin to, to notice that consistently the way in which we are living represents something other than just our own self-interest. I think when it comes to being an ambassador, though, that one of the things that, that we really have to, to struggle with is that too often we want to live with dual citizenship. Some people have dual citizenship. They can be a citizen of Canada and of the United States at the same time. Anybody here have dual citizenship with two countries? You do? All right. What two are they, Ty? Canada and the United States. That's probably the more... Uh, and there. Now, uh, that's okay for you to do there, but it would be kind of awkward for you to have dual citizenship in some countries. You'd either have to say, I have to give up one to have the other. And I think that's something we need to, to realize, that, that oftentimes... We want to live with dual citizenship. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, but I certainly kind of enjoy those times when I'm not a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We do that, don't we? We want to live with dual citizenship. And for many of us, I think our, our tendency is to say, my citizenship will be in heaven. Right now, I'm just a human here on earth and don't expect too much out of me. If you turn with me a couple of uh, books later to Philippians chapter 3, we're going to take a look there because uh, I, Paul, there in, in that uh, book, he, he addresses there uh, some things about that dual citizenship that I think are important for us. It's on page 832 uh, there in your pew Bibles. Listen carefully to, to, to these words of, of, of Paul. Join with others in following my example. Take note of those who are living according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now I'm saying again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross, of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. And you might want to underline this. But our citizenship is in heaven. 
It isn't will be. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends. Some live as enemies of the cross of Christ. They're living as if they can have citizenship in the kingdom of God here at church and living as if they could live the rest of their life with a different citizenship. And we need to guard against that. We're all tempted to, to, to bind it. You know the, the saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And some would say, well, that's Rome out there, and so I'm going to live as the Romans. When I think when I'm here at Messiah, I'll live as the Messiah uh, followers of Jesus do. We need to guard against that. We need to guard against that idea that what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas because it doesn't stay there. It affects all the people that we might be doing stuff there in Las Vegas with. And it, it doesn't allow us to realize that, that our citizenship as children of the Most High God, it never ends. It's something we always take with us. And so I think we need to begin to realize that citizenship that we have as children of the Most High God, as followers of our King Lord Jesus, that citizenship is something that begins now and it's something that we carry with us wherever we go. It's a part of the new you that God is bringing out of us through our relationship with Christ. It's a part of our living that transformed life. I think there's something else from that reading from Philippians that is important to us. If we're going to, to be living as ambassadors, we need to pay attention to our role models. Did you hear that when he uh, was reading the, there in, in Philippians? He, he said to us, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Ultimately, our best role model for being an ambassador is Jesus himself, isn't it? That's why we need to be so familiar with the Gospels so that we begin to really know Jesus well enough that we can actually begin to understand if we're in a similar situation, that's how we should be living. So it is important for us to, to have Jesus as our primary role model. But I think Paul is also encouraging us to take note of who we're looking to as those role models in becoming more Christ-like. This is something that we're not in this task of being ambassadors alone. We need to draw upon those who are a few steps ahead of us in being more Christ-like, in being able to, to bring uh, Christ into, into our life more fully. Now, neat thing about what God is up to here at Messiah is that I think he is positioning us better than ever for us to be equipping you in reaching one more life. There have been some of you that when you hear that it's about reaching one more life, 
you're wondering, well, what about me? And a part of that wondering what about me is you know what a mess your own life is in. And you say, before I can reach that one more life, I need for you to equip me so that my life is filled with Jesus. And with this new vision, it all goes hand in hand. If you can put that slide up there that gives us the, uh, the vision there, I'd like for you to kind of begin wrapping your hearts and your minds and your lives around this. We are going to continue to always want to be drawing people into a relationship with Jesus and growing them in that relationship. It'll happen through worship. It'll happen through your having those role models and, and those examples in your faithful five. It'll happen through you continuing to have those disciplines in your life that grow you in your walk with Christ. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. We want to help you to take Christ into every aspect of your life. And really, we've discerned that there are four key areas that we feel are so important that you know that you're able to bring Christ into those areas of your life. We're going to be bringing Christ into your marriage and into your dating relationships. And that's going to make an amazing difference when you see that, that the Christ you worship here is the Christ that is at the heart and center of your marriage. It's going to make a difference. We're going to be equipping you that you're taking Christ into your finances that you'll be able to be understanding how God wants you to make use of all the things that he's given to you, that how you can give glory to God in the way you use your finances, and that you can manage them in a sane way rather than the insane way that most of us do. We're going to be equipping you to bring Christ into your home, into your relationship with your parents, with your children, with your extended family. We're going to be equipping you so that you can have Christ at home. And when you're dealing with a life issue, whether it be grief or whether it's an addiction or some other uh, problem that is going on in your life, we want to help you to realize that Christ is there as your power to deal with that. If you're dealing with an addiction, Jesus Christ will be your power that enables you to be able to deal with that addiction because Jesus will be with you and in you as you're dealing with that. He'll let you go get rid of all the old garbage. Christ is going to be in each and every one of us. Now, here's my suspicion. You guys tend to be a bunch of blabbermouths. Did you know that? If something good is happening in your life, you have a hard time keeping your mouth shut. And I'm counting on that. If Christ is in your dating relationships, you're going to start talking with the person you're dating about your relationship with Jesus. And your friends are going to be noticing that you're behaving differently in those dating relationships than other people are. If Jesus is in your marriage and your marriage has never been better, not perfect, but your marriage has never been better, my guess is that you're going to be blabbermouths and you're going to start talking about it with people at work or people that you uh, bowl with, or whatever kinds of things that you do, you're going to say, wow, my marriage has never been better. And you say, well, why? Well, we went to building a healthy marriage, and Christ is now in our marriage like it's never been there before. And one of those people that you blab to, they're going to say, 
do you suppose that my husband and I, we could go to that class? And you're going to say, no, this is just for Messiah people. No, you're going to say, well, of course you can. As a matter of fact, we'll go to the class with you because we got so much out of it, we'll go with you the second time. That's my guess. As you're seeing that God is in the middle of your finances, and you're, you may not have any more money because you, you go to the things that we're equipping you. We can't guarantee that. But I can almost guarantee you, you're going to have a greater peace about your financial situation. And that you're going to be managing your, your money the way God wants you to manage it. And it's going to make a difference. Your life is going to be better. And my guess is you're going to be a bunch of blabbermouths. You're going to start talking about it. You're going to be ambassadors. Isn't that a novel concept? You're going to be an ambassador because Christ is in the middle of your finances. We're going to be equipping you to deal with your relationship with your kids and your parents. We're going to be equipping you so that as you're dealing with your extended family and even the broken family relationships that are there, you're going to see that Christ is right there to take home with you and to be a part of how you go about your parenting. And you're going to be saying to people, life at home has never been better. Jesus has been in our home like he's never been there. And again, you'll have that opportunity to be an ambassador. And if you're dealing with a life issue, whether it's grief or whether it's addiction or one of a number of other things that are those life issues that happen to us in this broken and imperfect world, and you're able to say, because Jesus is in the middle of this, because he's helped me to deal with it, my life has never been better. You will be equipped to be an ambassador. So you see, as, as we help you to, to have that better life, we are equipping you to be the ambassadors in reaching that one more life. And you'll reach that one more life sometimes not by going up and being obnoxious like the Sanders, but simply by being the beloved son and daughter of God that you are with Jesus right smack dab in the middle of every part of your life. If Christ is in you, then he wants to release the new you from within you. He wants that difference that he is making in your life to make a difference in every area of your life so that you can share Jesus in every relationship that God gives to you in your life. If you turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the, the first verses of that chapter that we've been focusing on, it gives us this exhortation. This is, this is my plea for you as a Messiah faith family. It's that it's time for us to allow ourselves to finally let Jesus fill those areas that we've been keeping him away from. It's my challenge to you that, that we realize it's time for us to say sitting on the sidelines is no longer good enough. There's a new you that Christ has brought out of me. It's a new you who is in the game. 
because Jesus is in your marriage, because he's in your finances, because he's in your family, because he's in your life issues, you have something to share. You are an ambassador for Christ. And so Paul's words are my words to you, my faith family. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Don't let it just sit there doing nothing. For he says, in the time of my favor, I've heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of salvation for others. Now is the day of salvation that we are going to share as ambassadors for Christ. And all God's people who are ready to be ambassadors say, Amen. Amen.